This is the Connected Approach Podcast, the world's number one podcast for connected leaders. I'm Chris Curtin. And I'm Amanda White. Welcome to your warm embrace. Well, Amanda, we have an exciting podcast today. Um, we're being joined by a special guest. Uh, let me introduce him. Um, our guest for today's podcast is Stephen Heft, a people leader and sales executive for Michelin North America. Steve is a graduate of Michelin Sales Leader Development Program and has spent the last 25 years in various leadership roles with Michelin. Within Michelin, he's been recognized for his teaming, his leadership, and his sales skills. Thanks, thanks to his authentic style and his team-based approach, Steve is a sought-after mentor for Michelin, Michelin employees within his division and across the globe. Steve holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Management from St. John Fisher University in Rochester, New York. Steve, welcome to the Connected Approach podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, Steve, you're familiar with the, the format that we use um, with the leader approach and the connected approach, which is that truly connected leaders think about leading themselves, leading others, and leading the circumstances. And it starts, of course, with what's between your ears, you know, leading yourself and, and how you think about leading yourself. So I know you've been on a journey in this regard with your physical health. I know you're, you're certainly a, uh, really focused on family and connection with, with your friends and, and socially. So just share a little bit about what you think about when you think about leading yourself. Sure. So I think I would always start off by talking or saying that I think 80% of it is showing up. And and I've got two teenagers in the house and <laughs> one's a 15 year one's a sorry, 16 year old son who's a sophomore and then a senior, 18 year old uh, senior. And what I've always told them is that, you know, if you show up for things, you're going to get noticed. You're going to you're going to be able to 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 fit in, you're going to be able to to continue to grow, and and I think when I look at leading myself, that's been something I've always said that in my entire life. I mean, you and I have a long history together, and 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 literally showing up to certain things made a big big difference, and I think you can translate that from from your family, your friends, to your professional life, your social life, whatever it may be, and 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 it's it, if you're there and you're present you're going to make a change. You're going to be part of something. And I think that's, to me, the, the biggest, I think, area that I've tried to lean into my entire life. And, and, you know, with some of that being said, specifically, you mentioned, you know, as you, as you get older, you, you kind of get in the grind, you're working all the time, you've got family, you're running around for sports, for different activities. And, and I think at some point you have to say, you know, what are you going to do for yourself? And how do you, how do you, how do you recharge yourself? And, and, you know, you know, this, that I started working out again recently for the past year or so. I've always been active and I've never, I've always been, you know, a very active person doing things, but being more intentional about it, showing up at the gym three to four or five days a week sometimes and getting in a routine and, and, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's, and it's really changed my focus when I come to work, it's a different mindset. And, and in fact, it's funny when I travel from my job, I, I miss it and, and I can't wait to get back into it. So, for me, it's a lot of things of just paying attention to yourself and paying attention to what you need because we we often we often leave that by the wayside. Mm. So, Steve, you said it, it it's changed your mindset and and you've been able to keep that physical fitness regimen. What what 
what have you noticed in yourself as you as you arrive at the office each day once you have worked out or what what this is doing for you? I mean, just feeling better. I mean, you know, you, you get up at 5.15 or 5.30 and, and that's a struggle, but then you go to the gym, you get a workout in and, and you, you come back, you shower and you get to the office rather than waking up at 6.45 and rushing to get into the office. So just physically and mentally, you, I just feel better when you get there. Now, later in the afternoon, you might you might drag a little bit and you might, uh, you know, w- wish you maybe hadn't gotten up at 5.30, but overall, it's very worth it. And it's just, it changes kind of the way you, uh, at least the way my mind works. Mm-hmm. You talked, Steve, about presence, and you've always been someone that has been focused on that, meaning, hey, if, if there's a meeting, we're going. If, if there are important people we need to connect with, we're just going to be there. What do you attribute that to? Because that confidence has always struck me. It's like, hey, I'm going to be in the room and they're going to have to deal with me or address me. Sure. So just share a little bit about that. Cause that goes way back. You and I go way back, uh, geez, over 30 years. So just, just talk about that. Cause that was you at 18. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and I'll, I'll say this jokingly, but, but fear of fear, of, fear of missing out FOMO. I mean, there, there's <laughs> a joke about that where, you know, Hey, you know, you, you always want to be in the room. You always want to be noticed from the way I personally think I'm here five days a week, as long as I'm not traveling, because for me personally, if I'm interacting in a meeting or if I'm interacting just with my team or my peers, it's easier to get things done. When we were when we were officially working from home during COVID, the, the heat of it, I found it very difficult to, to make connections. It was you had to be way more deliberate. You had to be way more intentional. You figure it out. But for me, it, it's it's incredibly important as a leader to be present, to be here, to be seen, and and I think it's just easier. To, to tell somebody, hey, I can't, I can't talk to you right now, but I can, I can grab you in 30 minutes and let's go grab a conference room rather than a text message. Both can be very effective, but I think the in-present, the in-person part makes the biggest difference. But I'm going to also go back those 30 years and, and I'm going to, you and I experience this together with, with our, you know, showing up playing basketball. We, we both showed up whenever the invitation was there, sometimes when the invitation wasn't there. And that reap benefits for us as, as role players on a very good team. We got a seat at the table, and I truly believe it's because we showed up. We never wavered from that. We were consistent. And that's something that's just in my, that's just in my blood. I mean, I grew up in a family. My dad worked and, and was always going to work every day, made time for his family as well. So he showed up in both areas. But it's just something that's been ingrained in me for my entire life. Well, Steve, I know I've been monopolizing the questions. I want to give Amanda a chance to jump in. But it's interesting because you reminding me of that, I showed up because you were going. I would not have gone on my own. I mean, it was your confidence and presence that really sort of pulled me through in that regard. So to the extent that, um, you know, I was covering a little bit for uh, that that business final our senior year, uh, you know, it's, it's good payback. Amanda, go ahead. Well, um, I, I think it's great that you have these, um, these rituals in place. You know, over the years, have you ever found yourself um, maybe kind of getting in a lull or getting in a funk or kind of, you know, off the the path? And what, if anything, do you have in place that helps to kind of bring you back? You know, sure. do you have kind of that that uh, that self awareness ritual that that gets you yeah. back grounded? And I think, you know, so it's, you know, it, it's one of those things you got to kind of think through and like, you know, we all get in lulls, whether it's personal life or, or, or business life. And for me, 
you know, it's, it's nothing specific that's repeatable every time, but I can maybe give a few examples where from a, from a, a personal life, sometimes it's recharging. It's, it's, you know, Hey, I'm going to go for a hike this weekend. I'm going to, I'm going to go just me and my dog and, and we're going to go for a hike or with the family and, and change things up. Maybe I'm going to go for a drive on a Sunday and just, you know, just getting in the car, listening to good music and, and just going, getting a cup of coffee and, and just enjoying it at work. I mean, I think, you know, for work, I, I am, I am in a, I love to be in the office, but I also love to travel. I probably don't love one more than the other, but the balance is very nice for me. And so I find myself at times, you know, if I'm in the office for too many weeks in a row, I start to get that hungriness where I'm like, I got to get on the road. I got to go see a customer. I got to go work with my team. And, and then that recharges me. And so it's little things, but sometimes it's just going for a walk. We've got a, a fairly nice campus here. And, and the weather living in South Carolina is pretty nice year round. And sometimes it's just getting get going outside, taking a phone call and, and walking around the campus or going for a walk on a one on one with somebody rather than, you know, going to conference room. So it's 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 random in one sense, but it's deliberately random, I guess you could say, where you've just got to find things to snap out of, you know, what that law may be. And also you got you got to try to figure out what is what's causing the law and how do you try to maybe even proactively help to avoid that. And so it's, um, it's a challenge, right? I mean, everybody has to go through that or everyone goes through that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Steve, you talked about going out and visiting your team. Um, so I'd imagine you have a geographically dispersed team that you're visiting. And, and of course those are precious times because you're not seeing each other 40 hours a week. And so when you are seeing them or spending time with them, I'm sure you also spend time with them on the phone or on video conference. Mm -hmm. Just tell us a little bit about what you think about in terms of leading others sure. and, and how you lead your team. So it's interesting. My, my, I've been in this role now for just about a little under two years. And my prior role, I was in for about six years. And the prior role, I had my entire team was here at the, at the corporate headquarters. So I managed a team of higher level sales folks and they were here. So I saw them every day. I connected with them. When, when we were, you know, we might go out for drinks after work, you get a coffee in the morning. And then when you travel with them, you still had an opportunity to connect with them. But probably because you saw each other all the time, you didn't necessarily feel the need to over, you know, over index in that. Moving to this job, my team is, is, is half and half. I have some people that work here and I have some people that live in the field, the managers that live in the field and some managers that live here. And then the entire sales force is, is field based. So I found in this role where, you know, you never want to extend your business trip too much because you want to get back home. But it, it's where you can make it happen. It's very important for me to make sure you're connecting with your employees. I just had an experience not too long ago with one of my, my managers where we were together and, and, and you make sure, hey, I, let, let's spend some time together. Let's go get a drink after dinner. Let's, let's, let's connect. Let's talk about, let's talk about work, but let's also talk about family. And so you, you do have to be way more deliberate. And I've also find in that situation, it can be, it can be more of a challenge because some people you probably have more of an easier connection to than others. And so as a manager, you don't want to neglect certain folks. And maybe that maybe somebody isn't as proactive in communication. So you've got to find ways to communicate. You got to find ways to connect when they're remote and they're not here and they live somewhere else. And that's been something I think throughout my career where, you know, you, you have to be very intentional in that part. But but it, it's it's incredibly important for me to understand my team, to get to know them and get to know them outside of work and who they are. You know, we want a couple that you know, we have a team chat. We're talking about kids events. We're talking about family stuff. And, and so that to me is, is extremely important. And we have meetings. You always want to 
you, know, you want to have something that's that's non-work related if you can. And so it's uh, you know, if you I, I believe if you don't know the person, you're not going to get the best out of them because you know, while I may have a style that I lean to as far as management goes, it's partly my responsibility to adapt to what what makes others connect. Just like right. working my way up, it's it's part of my obligation, in my opinion, to figure out what makes my boss tick and how do I not lose who I am, but also understand who he or she is and and lean into that. You know, if I can take a question, Chris, <laughs> I, I love um, just how you're talking about being deliberate and intentional and making sure that you stay, that you don't lose yourself or stay true to yourself. And I know one of the things that Chris has talked about in, um, you know, what he loves about you is just your authentic style. So, um, you know, whether it's that being authentic or what do you feel, you know, is your kind of style that helps you to connect um, yeah. with others? That's kind of maybe even a little bit of a superpower for you. Right. So, I, and I will say that part of probably my biggest, my best trait is that I believe that I connect extremely well with people. I'm a, I, I believe I'm a good listener. I hate to say all these things, but people have told me I'm a very good listener. And, and, I, and I try to listen with an intent to listen, not just listen to get to my point. It's listen to understand what people are saying and then make sure they have a platform, they have a voice, they, they can express what they want. And, and you know, I, I try to around the office, it's, it's, I, try to, I try to keep it light. We're in, you know, we're in, a, we're in a high pressure business. There's a lot going on every day, a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes on things. And, and I have a very strong conviction that if I show my stress and I, I show what's bothering me, I'm not going to be an effective leader. Now, you also have to balance that. You can't, you can't shield some of those pressures and those, those, those deadlines and whatnot. But, but I am a firm believer that when I'm walking around the office, I'm talking to people, I'm joking with people, I'm keeping it light because we are going to have very difficult times where or it has to get down to business. We have to be serious. And to me, people perform better when they trust their leaders and they believe their leaders and they believe they're authentically leading them with, with, with you know, what their intentions are. Because there's nothing worse than working for someone who's, who's not authentic, who you, you feel is there always an angle on how they're selling me on why I should get this done. Yeah. And so I try to be very real on that. And I try to be very open with folks and, and it's it's ultimately it served me very well, and 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 I, I think people enjoy working in that environment, and I think you get the most out of people when that's when they have that environment. Yeah, so, so much there. I mean, um, talking about creating, and this is the new phrase, Steve. You know, this psychological safety that people feel heard. You're asking how are you feeling, and you're listening with the intent to hear them. Yeah. Um, creating community within your team because it, it, it's not work and life. It's life. It's everything. And so people need to feel that their manager is a member of their community. And it's amazing how you're doing that on your chat when you're out with your team. And look, I, I know the schedule you sometimes are keeping. You're, you're landing and you're in a tough spot. And you know, I'm sure that you're battling your own fatigue and your own pressures that are back at the home office, spending extra time with your team members, even when it's not someone you automatically connect with on, you know, uh, on different interests, but getting to know them, you're creating that community within your team. And um, all of the data and research, particularly through COVID and post-COVID, is showing that's the way it has to be. It's life. 
It's not separate anymore. And uh, really, really um, great stuff there. For you talked about the circumstances, meaning the pressure that you're under and, and just, right. I mean, the, the competition that exists for, for every business and in your business as well, how do you manage challenging circumstances and changes that, that come? I mean, sure. they're only tapping you on the shoulder because there are problems and, and they need you to help negotiate those problems with your team. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to back up one moment. And, and at Michelin, you know, every corporate company has some sort of, you know, leadership style and, and how we look at things and the framework we use. And we have something called I care and it's, it's inspire, create trust, awareness, results, and empower. Not necessarily in that order, but the acronym worked well that way. Uh-huh. And, and that's a, that's something that we have gone through a shift in the past, probably five years where we've introduced that maybe a little bit longer. And, and I think, you know, in, in, in managers, I think in, in companies, there's a lot of situations where the best, smartest person, most successful person in the room gets promoted. And then that person becomes a manager. And then we find out maybe later they're not maybe made for management or they're not the best manager. And and what this model and what Michelin's gone through is, as far as a transformation over the last you know many years is we need to ensure we take care of the people in individual contributor roles that that are, that are excellent individual contributors and give them a roadmap for growth. But we also need to be very deliberate about ensuring the managers, the directors, the vice presidents of sales, that they are good managers first and foremost, because you know, with, without that, I, and, and the reason I bring up eye care is because all of those are very, very important mm-hmm. in, in how I lead and, and how I try to bring change or to drive results. And one thing that this job has taught me is this is the first time I've managed managers. So in my old job, I managed very large businesses that were impactful around the globe and, and had people's attention, but it was me and the account person, the, the strategic account manager. We would come up with a plan, work with my boss. And in this role now, I'm a manager of managers who have teams. And, and probably the biggest adaptation for me was understanding I'm really good at being a salesperson. I'm really good at being a director of sales who can help impact that salesperson and the customer. What I have to realize in this role is what is my role that I actually play? How do I fit in? And 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 I told this story at, at a panel at one of our leadership conferences, is we had a situation with a big contract negotiation and and it was it was it was it was it was it was, it was intense. It was in contract. We had no ability to change the price until we just laid it on the table and said we had to do this. And I wanted to be in the action, but I have an unbelievably capable manager that is learning how to live in that world. He was fairly new to the world, the, the, the role. And we literally sat down early on in that and said, what is the game plan? How do you fit in, Stephen? How do I fit in? How does the sales rep fit in? And how does your boss fit in, meaning my boss? And we laid it out very clearly. And so the rules of engagement were very much crystal clear. And I, I determined my role very quickly. He helped determine that role. And, and I think ultimately we got to the end result we needed and we functionally figured out how to solve a problem the right way using influence. Was I involved in the process? Absolutely. I flew out to the customer one time with them, but ultimately they led that charge to a successful negotiation. And, and, but it, you know, it, it, there was times where I was like, I feel like I could have said that better. I could have done this or I would have done this or I would have done that. But empowerment is a real thing. And, and we throw empowerment around in this in corporate America 
way probably more than we actually do it. And, and it's, it's hard as managers to sometimes back away from that, but to know your role. So I said a lot, but that's, you know, ultimately it's, it's finding your lane and then staying in that lane. But partly you determine that by having open communication up and down. I had it with my boss and he had it with me and I had it with, and then he had it with a salesperson and so account executive. So it's, to me, the more you can communicate, the more you then listen, the more aware you become, the more empowered your teams become, and then the results are going to get there. I think I used it all. And then you're going to inspire too. I got to throw in inspire as well. I think I used them all. I, I love that. I think um, having, setting clear expectations and defining roles, you know, for yourself and the people that work for you is, um, is respectful, you know, totally. Um, what has maybe helped you, you know, cause a lot of times when we take that new role, it's, it's hard, it's difficult to level up yeah. and there's some missteps, right? So you said yep. you've been in this new role, broader role where about you're leading managers about two years. Um, have you had any situations, lessons learned or, yeah. you know, um, maybe great insights from leaders above that has yeah. helped you kind of get to that place? Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to use another story from that panel because the panel was on leadership, empowerment and how do we manage teams? And, and, and this is the story I gave. And it's very true. So I, I spent probably about 16 years or so in the passenger tire division. But I started out in the truck tire division as a, as a young sales rep. So they moved me back to the to the, the truck division, which is heavy semis, tractor trailers. And, and I've, I've been back for two years and it's in a different type of business, the original equipment side and then the strategic replacement side at fleets. And and it's funny, you know, you realize as the manager, as the as the as the boss, so to speak, you're in a meeting and people automatically are looking to you. Questions answered. They look to me. And and, and that happened very early on. At the I don't even think I was officially in the job yet. And I had my first team meeting and people kept they were pausing. They, they, they wouldn't answer a question. They looked to me first. They look at my reaction when they gave an answer. And at one point, I just called a timeout. And I said, I said, guys, I said, this isn't going to work this way. I said, number one, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I know enough about everybody on this team that you're, got, you're the experts. You're the ones who know the answers. Now, I can certainly comment and add to what what you're saying and maybe give an opinion, maybe a, maybe a direction. But at the end of the day, I am not going to be someone like a bull in a China shop coming in and thinking that I know what I'm talking about and thinking that I should make decisions at this early stage. And even later on in, in those stages, this is a team of, of highly competent and highly capable people. I'm going to expect you to lead and expect to lead me. And I will certainly pivot when we need to. I will certainly direct when I need to. But my job is to listen and give you the tools to be successful. And so, you know, in that example, they all kind of laughed and but they changed. These are these are very high level, mature people. They quickly took the reins and, and ran with it. And and I think the team dynamic on this team for the past, it's, it's, it's changed slightly over the past six months or the first of the year. But it's it's incredible. I mean, you have a team of leaders that that can can get their jobs done. They can lead without me being in the room. And then they come to me when they need me. But it's again, it comes back to that trust. And so yeah. I am um, firm believer in that, you know, you everyone's got a job to do and everyone should know where that role fits in within that organization. And then everyone compliments each other. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, Amanda. We, we often talk about the traits that go along with this leader approach. And yeah. Steve, what you've been describing is We're saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it's 
Grounded confidence. Uh, grounded yeah, confidence. Intelligence. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it truly is an example of your um, being authentic and um, not being fear-based, you know, because there's a lot of leaders that would be like, well, I guess I need to be the one that knows all the answers because right. otherwise they may question why I was just promoted. You know, so I guess all eyes on me and I need to say something. But um, when you have the right practices in place and you have really committed to showing up and being your true self, because that's what helps you to really thrive as a leader and, and excel as a leader, you know, you can just see that you um, truly embrace, you know, all of those qualities that that Chris and I <laughs> talk about. Okay. So yeah. it's a great example. I love it. Because that grounded confidence includes a humility mm -hmm. with a confidence and a vulnerability that that's sort of that perfect trifecta of what you described in that first meeting, Steve. Yeah. And it sounds like by throwing that remarkable and and constructive gauntlet down it completely set a brand new tone in in the in the it's right what tone builds the trust right yeah. yeah yeah which is essential and and that creates new dialogue right i mean even you know you have we have monthly one-on-ones and we certainly talk more than than just the one-on-ones but but i i try to establish with everyone you know this is truly a safe space and when i say safe space meaning you know, if I'm doing something wrong or you disagree with something, you need to tell me and, and maybe I won't agree with you. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll get upset for a minute. But but the relationship has to be open and honest. And some of the best people I've coached and, and worked with are the ones who say, I completely disagree with you. And here's why. And they tell me why something may have been different or wrong. And and, you know, you talk about authenticness coming from that side to your manager. You know, that builds more trust than you can possibly imagine, because. You know, when you're dealing with a lot of big, heavy issues, I can tell you I don't have all the answers. Nor do I want to have all the answers. And and when somebody can come in the room, either one-on-one -on -one or even in a room setting, in a meeting setting, to say, I challenge you on that, and here's why, that shows the health of a team, I think, in, in, a, in a respectful way. When you can have you know disagreements, you can debate, you can talk about why I think this person may, I think their thought process may not be correct. That's when you know that you finally have a team that's mature and a highly functioning team and, you know, ultimately a team ready to continue to grow. And so exactly. that's that's that. And, and, and by the way, that it takes a long time with some people. Some people, it's like that. You just there's certain people that will just come and tell you exactly, you know, I hate your shirt today. And, and you have that immediate rapport. But other people, they have to build that trust and they, they don't. It's not automatically given on both sides, by the way. And. And so that's, you know, as a manager and part of what I'm trying to always do is that when we have a one on one, certainly we're going to talk some business, but it's like, I want to know what's 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 holding you back. I want to understand what's on your mind. I want to understand why that upsets you. I want to understand this and I want you to do the same for me. And so, you know, it takes a lot of work. We always joke when you come home at the end of the day. I mean, I am not doing physical labor at all. But when you come home at the end of the day, you're mentally exhausted. And, and sometimes I just don't want to do anything but sit on the couch and. And you reflect on that and it's because you're putting a lot of work in a lot of heavy emotional at times you know thinking and 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 that's that's a lot it's mm -hmm. a lot it reminds me steve of you know some more sports-based mantras but that winning teams debate you know winning yeah. teams fight you know it's not it's not a laugh gas all the time it's yeah. that there is that healthy respect and and um 
not not tension, but just healthy respect for the fact that people are going to bring their perspectives forward and they're appreciated, especially yeah. when it's done in a healthy way. Yeah. And, and by the way, sports are a great analogy for that, too, because, you know, just stick to professional sports. I mean, everyone's got a job to do. And if you don't do your job, it's noticed. A play breaks down. Something happens that doesn't affect. And so, you know, you hear stories. You, you well know that I was a Larry Bird fan growing up. I mean. And, you know, you watch all things, you know, with the great thing about TikTok and all these in this day and age, you can you can find every clip or interview you ever wanted to watch. And, and you know, that leader of that team held people accountable and people would hold him accountable. And and I think that, you know, we like to use sports analogies, but sometimes it's hard in the corporate in the corporate world to 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 hold people accountable, to be comfortable, because it, it's as much as you can you can bring similarities of the two. They're very, very different. But how do you use the lessons from that? And, and by the way, not everyone played sports and not everyone cares about sports. So how do you bring those lessons to the corporate world and into your team? And again, that's where that's where flexibility, that's where awareness and all that comes into play. But I think sports are an excellent way to, to with the right people and the right people who are interested to show that. Yeah. yeah. So before we move to rapid fire questions, Amanda, do you have anything you're, you're pressing to ask? Stephen. Well, I, I, it always prompts questions. Um, just maybe on that note, Stephen, um, as far as accountability, you know, do you, again, any, any kind of lessons learned where, you know, if a coach doesn't hold a player accountable, you have a huge breakdown, you know, yeah. what has maybe been something in regards to, you know, leading others in leading circumstances that you've had kind of a lesson along the way where you're yeah. like, you know, if this, if this isn't d dealt with, or I don't do something, despite yeah. how uncomfortable it is. Well, I'll start with a couple jobs ago. I, I managed one of the largest accounts in the world. And, and, and I used to joke that everybody knows every move you make with this account. It, I mean, from the CEO here locally to ultimately the, the governing group in France. And, and so accountability is everything. And, and I learned very quickly as a salesperson, as a, as a strategic account manager, you got to just tell what's happening. You got to shoot it straight. You can't, you can't sugar. You should never sugarcoat things. You need to address it briefly and, and, and ahead of time proactively, and you're going to get yourself out of a lot of binds. And my old manager in my last job, he used to say, listen, I would rather hear bad news two months ago than hear bad news today while it's happening, because we can all prepare for that bad news when it's there. But a lot of people, especially people growing in their careers, they, they think they need to, especially salespeople, you always want to sell yourself out of it. And you want to maybe sugarcoat things like, hey, maybe we didn't do this or we've missed the forecast the last couple months because the weather, whatever. But it's like, no, it's because they're not ordering this. They're not doing this. And yeah. and it's, it's to, I think, holding yourself accountable and being upfront and factual can mm -hmm. teach you accountability and then that lesson just carries on. And as a manager, and as a manager of managers now, it's even more important because, you know, when, when my, my manager, when he, when something's going wrong, he just wants to hear what's going on, what are you going to do to fix it? What help do you need? And, and it's very quick. And, and I think that's where, when I think accountability is teaching people that, that don't give me a sugar-coated story. Cause if I have to deal with this later and we could have started to understand and try to come up with solutions you know, a month ago, six months ago, that's how you win. That's how you get stronger. So to me, the lessons were learned from as an individual contributor up through the different ranks that I've gone since then, that 
being accountable, being upfront and being factual is everything. Yeah. And I think, um, walking the, walking the talk, you know, of eye care, you have to yeah. really make sure that you're leading the way with that because Absolutely. the, um, there has to be that trust there yeah. in order for someone to say, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll deliver that bad news now. <laughs> exactly. Because if there's not trust there. And if, if the reaction or the behavior that's displayed is not what you said it was going to be, then, then I'll just go back to like cover covering up. So that's absolutely that's really great. It's an awesome example. Thank you. Yeah. So Stephen, are you ready for your rapid, rapid fire, fire questions? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> so do you have a favorite leadership phrase or mantra? I, I think I've, I've mentioned, I mean, I don't have an official one, but I think it's what I think. Well, no, let me back up. Never let them see sweat. I think that's an old ad for a, for a deodorant. And, I, yeah. and that goes into what I said earlier that, you know, if you're showing stress, if you're showing anxiety, you're going to, you're going to reflect that on the team. And so I think ultimately to me is that's, that's important is you've got to, you've got to be able to show calm. You've got to show leadership throughout difficult situations in the good times and bad times. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, and I can tell you there's, there are days where maybe you can't hide it and people notice on me exactly at that moment, they will say what's wrong today. And I'll quickly snap out of and be like, thank you for saying that because yeah. that that's not the way, that's not my intention. And again, it's not to hide the stress. It's not to hide the problems. It's to create an environment of calm, which is important because that's when people can perform better. Yeah. Your favorite morning beverage in the precise way that you order it. Well, I mean, you've seen me chugging this. This is my <laughs> second one of the day. So coffee, black, that's it. Just black. <laughs> And many of them throughout the day. Surprising, I don't know. <laughs> many throughout the day. I think I remember an experience going to Starbucks with you, and that was not your order, Chris. I think yours was much more confusing. Well, it's interesting, Steve, because thinking of leading self, I have, I think, over the past three or four years, gone exactly right. I am now coffee, just black. I'm proud yeah, of it. I'm I know, proud. I know. You finally taught me. Very proud. Of <laughs> I'm getting the real taste. <laughs> So when you walk into a room, your theme song or walk-in music should be what? So I just had a walk-up song at Clemson University. I was out there and it said, uh, it was Dave Matthews, Ants Marching. Wonderful. Oh, cool. I'm a big Dave Matthews fanatic, by the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Ants Marching, great song. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for this session. Amanda, did you want to say a few words before oh, we no, close Oh, no, I just, out? I appreciate um, just everything that you have openly shared with us, you know, making it absolutely clear to us your authentic style. And I've just really enjoyed the the chance to talk. I appreciate it. This has been awesome. This has been fun. It's, it's been it's been interesting and and got to connect directly with you, Chris, got to meet you guys. And this is fantastic. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Steve. Well, this is to certify following the, the podcast interview. You truly are a connected leader. So if you needed that certification, we're giving it to you. <laughs> Thank you. It was it was both a privilege. Do I get and, a badge? Yeah. yeah. Is, we'll be sending it to you in the mail. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what a real pleasure to talk to you. Um, for, uh, for closing out today's episode, we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, lead well, my friends. I look forward to it. Thank you. Stay Thanks. true. Bye-bye.